0: once again this is paul nobles from Eat Reform, and i am here with i think you're the batman in this scenario and the i'm the robin um <laughs> but but batman is susan dr susan kleiner in this instance so um i'll let you do your intros this time and then just tell people um where they can find you and then i'll talk about Eat Reform.
1: hey paul it's great to be here nice to be back in the saddle again um so you can find me at Dr. s. drskleiner.com, d r s k l e i n e r.com. I'm on social media as PowerEat, and uh, I'm on Facebook, Dr. Susan Kleiner. And you can find my books on my website, and you know a few other things. How to contact me, etc.
0: So we're gonna have the interesting conversation because we're gonna talk about the the world's toughest race on. Amazon Prime, which is the, the Eco Challenge. Eco Challenges have been around for a long time. They just weren't called the world's toughest race. And this was the first time that they did it where they had 200 cameras and it was a gigantic production. And man, am I hoping that they keep doing this because it was so interesting and so fascinating. Um, in terms of Eat to Perform, uh, once again, you know, we have three offers now we just added a four-month membership which gets you all kinds of bonuses like a meal plan um, the uh, we have new templates right literally you would have workouts for the next five years that you would get free with this four-month membership Um, we still do have our free trial so if you if you want to try eat the forum see what it's like you've been hearing all the buzz and things of this nature you're welcome to do so. It's just, you know, it, you might not need a meal plan, right? You might be very comfortable with counting macros and things of this nature. So um, the meal plan itself is a custom meal plan. We take your likes and dislikes and we um, create a meal plan so you can just come in fired up and ready to go, right? Um, I think what happens a lot of times is, is people, especially with the free trial, um, if you're comfortable counting macros, and you have a good amount of discipline that is a fine option for you for the other people the meal plan probably makes a ton more sense just because if you're kind of new to all this it just it just does it for you we actually talked about this and and susan talked about how for her athletes um she actually takes the counting out of the picture and just does a meal plan that is Likely much more involved than what we're doing. We're just trying to get you kind of kickstarted um, based on the days within e- reform So take a look at that. Um, all you'd have to do is go to, e- to Reform or you know respond on our page, message us on our page, and we literally have you talk to a coach. The coach will walk you through what your plans going to look like, and then you can decide whether or not it's a good fit for you. Which honestly, if you think about it really no other program does that, <laughs> you know, no other program has a coach talks to you, tells you exactly what that approach is going to be like and walks you through every single thing before you go. Right. You're going to mostly land on a sales page and then you've kind of got to figure out, or maybe your friend did it. Right. right. Talking to a coach, I think makes a big difference. And I love, love, love that part of it for us. I think it's just important for us to kind of be able to have those conversations with everyone. Okay, I've been dying to talk to the, this is wheelhouse stuff for Susan, right? Because (laughs) um, she's going to tell you things you've not even considered, right? Um, Here's my problem with the show, and I don't have any problem. Now Susan's only five episodes in. I binged it in like a day. I was so fascinated with it. (laughs) Um, And my wife was similarly fascinated, but it might have been two days, actually. Um, We just loved it, you know, and and um, but I thought it should be two shows because it was weird following the lead teams. And then the lead teams are like so far ahead. I mean, like in the episode you're in, the lead teams are almost to the finish. Two days
1: ahead. It's 2
0: days yeah. ahead of the teams behind. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 so I love the color. I love I love hearing about all the different teams. I mean it like the um the the team with the twins from India. Yeah. yeah. I mean just love those ladies, right? right? Um and 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 love their dad. You know, I mean um culturally I think you know what he represents and empowering those young ladies and stuff like that. I mean, it's less common than it is here in the United States. It's not common here in the United States, you know? So, so what, what those young ladies are doing just being in that race. And then the the other part of the show that I just love was just the role of the people from Fiji. Yeah. Right.
1: Yes. And, and,
0: and my my daughter went to Fiji, um, last year on on a like a mini Peace Corps mission.
1: Oh wow! Uh-huh. Well,
0: she didn't really get to see a lot of what sure. the racers are seeing yeah. because she 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 was really more focused on like the eco stuff related to uh, the ocean, right? Mm-hmm. And so she spent a lot of time with the starfish and, and, and things of this nature. And I, one of the things that she, so starfish, I, I, I'm, if I'm remembering it correctly, that they, they, they would attack these things that were really important to the reef. And so they spent a lot of time, you know, getting these starfish off of these things that pr- protect the reef. I don't remember what it was specifically, but, um, but she did enjoy Fiji. She would have definitely enjoyed more um, working with the people in the inner part of Fiji that the Eco Challenge is -hmm. is doing, right? Um, So uh, it's going to bring it. There was another thing that I was going to bring up, but but, um, the spirit of these people is different. It's just different right there's just not a lot of people that are doing this race that can allow themselves to second guess right when you see it and 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 certainly there's moments where you're seeing a few people complain or something like that are you to the stage right now where the lead team comes out of the water the freezing cold water cuz i'm going to have to spoil that for you cuz without this Without that part,
1: so the lead team has just climbed the waterfall.
0: Okay, and so just,
1: they've just summited the waterfall, and and then it's the rest of whatever was happening behind, You know, a, a little bit of the take of the the teams behind them. But that's like I had to stop it to get on the podcast.
0: <laughs> so okay, that's so, <laughs>
1: that's
0: so I'm am. I'm going to have to spoil that for you because it emphasizes what I'm talking about so you have the the woman doctor who um, had just had a child right so the child's one years old and she's in the lead team right. you know she she has a m- multiple skills that allow her to be there but when you think about how powerful we are as humans the woman gave birth and is now one of the lead teams in a seven day challenge, right?
1: So- It can be up to 11 days.
0: Yeah, which, which, which you know, I'm not gonna spoil it for you, but- Don't keep,
1: spoil it, keep, don't spoil it.
0: So so the next thing, I'm gonna spoil one thing for you, but it, it won't ruin the show for you. Because you'll see this over and over, and everyone reacts to it differently, But, but every single one of them is shocking, right? So after the waterfall, they
1: go into this
0: really... We should tell
1: people they climbed this amazingly slippery, wet, absolutely 90 degree steep waterfall in the dark with just their headlamps. Ropes were already set for them. Otherwise, they. I couldn't believe that they could do that. So yeah, I mean what stage of that?
0: The next part. Uh-huh. Is the most gangster thing that they do. Oh, okay. Right. Okay. So however tough we all think we are, this show is so humbling. You know, I used to say this a lot and and I still think that this is true. Um the the free soloers to me that that's the, that's the, the most athletic thing you can do right because the consequence is death right right and so so two of my favorite movies if you have I mean a lot of people saw free solo the one that people didn't see I think is better than free solo it's Maru right and Maru is Jimmy Chen who's the the director for free solo and they summit um or they try to summit i'm not going to give that one away either um the second highest thing and no one had ever summoned right um and it was so interesting because once again the 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 things that we're capable of as human beings is just shocking
1: well just right? i just have to say i'm amazed at the cameramen so so the they were it, it's much camera more- women at, camera oh, women
0: also, yeah. Are they? There's so they a haven't lot of
1: yet. Wow. Yeah. So so they're at this point. This is pretty early on. They're crossing. They're they're in these huge rapids in a canyon that has narrowed down. In the, they're in the middle of a storm, and the people with two hands and everything. Well, I imagine that they have. They're not holding a camera, but but even so they're crossing the this this river and it's they're holding on to each other and crossing going going across two by two um facing each other to to brace against the the force of the the river and then there's the camera person who's not i guess who's holding on as a third it starts to look like that at one point i'm always amazed at the people actually shooting these unbelievable feats, frankly. No, th- th-
0: that's actually brought up a lot in, in Maru because the, the camera person is Jimmy Chin, the guy that did the right. the free solo and won the Oscar and stuff like this. And you start to realize that not only is the, is the, the climb difficult, right? But imagine doing it backwards, filming <laughs> the person actually climbing. Right, right. So, right. so, so the camera people um are are sometimes doing things more interesting but but anyway <laughs> if, if you want to know why you're struggling succeeding at things you have to ask yourself are you surrounded by people like the people in this show and are you one of the people in the show right because right. because they look they don't look at obstacles the way that the majority of people look at obstacles and so, so you have this doctor lady, she goes through um, this really, really cold river, right? Um, which is, everyone agrees, that's the hardest part of, and- And, and now, Bear were,
1: says that's the hardest part of the race. Yeah. Yeah,
0: because you're battling, you know, I, I say this, I, there's so many things that are interesting about this, but I say this all the time about runners. Once again, If you're a weightlifter and you're making fun of runners, guess what? You just put down the weight, okay? If you can't lift the weight, you just put it down. Runners, the whole time, they're thinking, I could stop. I could stop and walk. I can walk back if I wanted to, right? So to keep on, when you could literally just stop, I think that that's gangster. That, that That is a level of mentality right, that the majority of people don't have. So I've always had mad respect for runners and anyone who ever challenges, you know, when I say that every good program should involve some resistance training, they're like, are you saying we shouldn't run? I'm saying the opposite. I'm, I believe in cardiovascular health. I run as a person, I wish I could run more, right? um and and so so some physical challenges of course make that difficult so you have this lady doctor she comes through the thing she knows she's suffering through some mild level of hypothermia now of course there's editing that is going on here so you have to know that right like a lot of people don't realize this i think we all kind of realize it now though that there's some editing going on Mm -hmm. um and there's really not a strong determination of the time length that you know that they waited there i believe i don't believe that that was one of the spots where they had to stop for 90 minutes right so the woman puts on a blanket right starts to warm up things of this nature she eats a cup of ramen we'll be talking about the role of carbohydrates through all of this which i think is going to be interesting to a lot of people Um, And we'll be talking about sleep as a, as a result either. But you have to understand this woman's been racing for three to four days. She has slept three hours, four hours, the whole time. She is struggling with hypothermia. She eats a cup of ramen, throws on a few blankets. And goes back to the race, (laughs) right? Like when you see that moment and, 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 like I said, I'm not going to spoil it for you because it's so interesting, but every team deals with it differently.
1: So the right? lead, the guy who's the lead from that New Zealand team, yeah. they come to the top of that waterfall and they stop and they interview him. And he says, they ask, you know, the question must have been, how are you feeling? You're like, like, what are you feeling now? And he says, okay, this is getting um, painful this is this is now now we're in a painful place but if i'm feeling this way i know this is where i want to be because we're the best and if we're feeling pain then everybody else is in worse shape than we are so this is exactly where i want to be and and you're like you know wow what a mindset like when, when I'm almost at my, when I'm peaking at, at the, the, the threshold of what I can tolerate, that's where I want to be because I know we can tolerate more than everybody else. And so everyone else is in a really bad spot if we are, so we're, so, so this is exactly where I want to be. And it was just like, oh my God, I wish I could bottle that.
0: This is, this is one of my basic business principles one of my basic business principles is go after the hard thing. Don't go after the easy thing. And the reason why you go after the hard thing and you try to solve the bigger problem, like one of the things I see happening a lot within fat loss, weight loss, right? Is that everybody goes after the easy thing, giving someone a templated 1995 meal plan, right? (laughs) Rather than, rather than doing a custom meal plan based off of the things that they prefer to like. So I could have easily made some meal plan that for one thousand, nine hundred and ninety five and sold a lot of it, right? Right, and it was but, actually
1: designed in one thousand, nine hundred and ninety
0: five. <laughs> yeah, but but it did right? exactly. It's like it doesn't relate to anything at this point. But 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 doing it the custom way is more difficult, and therefore, I want to go in the direction that another business wouldn't even consider doing. Right. And that is one of the things that, that I remember someone was talking to me about, about, you know, competing with each performance. And well, the first thing that they're going to have to consider when they're competing with to perform is that they're going to have to spend somewhere in the neighborhood of three to $5 million to get 1.5 million followers. Right. Because when we did it and we amassed all of that, Facebook was different. Right. Right. and so you could get a following by saying something unique and so so i've always believed in saying something unique and and i just happen to believe this right i believe that that most people struggle with with dieting too much right and then don't spend enough time um on the performance side where where calories are normal right and then they never really get their calories normal um and, and just to kind of weave it back to, to the eco-challenge, when you look at these people, they don't have a lot of preconceived notions. They're dealing with a lot of things that are unknown, right? The, the Michael Jordan of eco-challenges is the guy that you're talking about. Yeah. Isn't it? So, so he doesn't have eight-pack abs. No. No, a bunch of them don't, right? Almost none of them do. Right. And this has been a contention. I've said this forever related to CrossFit Games athletes. And a lot of people go, um, well, they're ripped, right? They have eight-packed abs. You know, they're clearly very low body fat percentage. Well, here's some bad news for you. They're not. And I know this because I was able to body fat test 200 of them at one point right so this was right before and this does relate to the eco challenge because it 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 challenges a basic premise right when you're at your lowest body fat percentage i'm saying nothing new to you but the listeners need to understand you're not at your optimal peak right and so when we were testing these people they, they were in the there were a training phase we we weren't able to test them going into the CrossFit games but I can tell you based on some of the limited testing that we were able to do on on few people that it's not what you think for instance um, well I don't want to I don't want to use specific names but but they they were big, big names, right, within CrossFit. Some people that you know that are very, very um, big to the movement. Very common for men to test that 12%. And men that, that have a good, strong six-pack look like you would want to look in things of this nature because they have a lot of muscle, right? And clearly, the Michael Jordan of Eco Challenges has a lot of muscle right? He has strong shoulders, he has right. a strong back. No one would say, oh, he's uh, out of shape, or he has like a dad bod or something, right? They, they would know that he was strong, but he's not chiseled strong.
1: He's not ripped, no. Yeah, and so, and, and what you if need you to you go understand- into this thing ripped, you're going to get into such a big deficit, you're going to die by day three. <laughs> well, there
0: were some ripped people And I want all of you to listen to this if you haven't watched it yet or whatever. And look at the people with the best body composition and note that they struggle. Like I talked about the twins team. Right. I don't know that they're vegetarian. Many people from India are vegetarian, right? Their build is a little bit more slight and things of this nature. They're probably more in line with body compositions that most people would prefer. You could definitely tell that at parts of the race that it struggled for them right and and
1: well i think some of the people just they're they're i mean they've never done this before either they've climbed mount everest i mean they're 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 monster women um but the but it i mean the both the mental and physical of this race they are they are novice so and and half the racers are novice racers or old folks like me who are amazing that they're back in this.
0: Yeah. I mean, so obviously we'll get into the Alzheimer's guy because there's just so much about his story. Like even, you know, you're at, you're in episode five. There's still three more episodes with the Alzheimer's guy, right? Like, like, um, I might have to throw out a spoiler because it's it's so unreal. It's the most unreal. But 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 don't tell, don't
1: tell, don't tell. I
0: think I I think I can do it without giving you a spoiler. Um, (laughs) but 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 I think the difference, I think what you'll see with the the India women as an example is that their nutrition will get a little bit more dialed in, right? they will recognize the value of muscle on their frame and they will work hard to, to get that. You can definitely see the Michael Jordan of Eco Challenges. I don't know his name, but I know he's from the New, New Zealand. He, he was great. And that's why I said it, I think it could kind of be two shows, right? Because some of the things that, that he says later on um, are just so inspiring. And you realize why he is who he is. And you've worked with enough elite athletes to where you know that they're just wired differently. I remember there was a, there was a CrossFit games athlete that I was working with. Um, and I'd never worked with a CrossFit games athlete at that point, but I started to kind of deal with a, a few of them. And it was my first CrossFit games to go to. And I'd, I'd done CrossFit. I'd seen my gym mates struggle and things of this nature. I kid you not, as this woman is under the lights on Saturday night, right? And she's coming towards me. And I'm thinking, she, she's about to quit. I mean, there's just no way that she can go through the agony that she's gonna have to go through for these last 50 to 70 reps. And um, she was clearly in so much pain that, that you could see it on her face You 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 just could not imagine that she could go on. She finishes the thing and and she falls down, which we all know now that's that's kind of a a rule of CrossFit. You have to sizzle on the ground. But but if anyone deserved the right, it was her, right? And so I, I leaned over the and I go, Are you okay? You know, I mean I it never even occurred to me that she could go to that tank that deep and that she would be okay and she gave me a thumbs up and i was like oh my goodness and i i i told my wife i was like i just can't believe what i just saw you know and 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 you see that in this race because they're not just challenging the physical side they're challenging the mental side and i think that a lot of a lot of us regular people watching the show and things of this nature the thing that limits us the most are the preconceived notions of who we need to be, mm-hmm. right? And we don't remember, I can't remember when he said it, I think it, he said it was very early on. So um, it, he said that, that we as human beings um, want to get to, back to that place where um, the substance is more defined right? The challenges are more difficult and closer to what they used to be, right? Rather than, hey, if I do well enough, I can buy a Tesla, right? Which is fine if you own a Tesla. But, but, you know, I think we can agree that the person that works hard and buys a Tesla probably did not accomplish something similar to what these eco challenge people are, right? right? And, and I, I, I think it's important to say that, because I think it's it, it was something that really mattered to me. When I was struggling with obesity, um, I, I bought a Harley Davidson, right? And I bought a Harley Davidson to, to maintain my relevance. And, and similar to, you know, the way that, that and, and I'm not saying that just because you own a Harley Davidson that you did it to be relevant. Um, certainly, that's not the case for everyone. I'm saying what it was for me. But when... I got into an accident on my motorcycle. That is what started my path to fitness. Right. And, and what I clearly know now is that all the things that I was doing to stay relevant fitness replaced all that. Right. Like I literally changed the course of my whole life, Mm -hmm. my professional direction and things of this nature. And, and it, fitness challenged me in a way that that nothing else previously had right all the things that I thought I wanted really went in another direction and so um it 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 was really enlightening like do you do you agree with me that it should almost be two shows because I think it'd be fun to have the show because it, it, it starts to feel weird after episode five, because right now the other people are kind of close.
1: Well, I'm starting to lose track. Like, wait yes. a minute. So, so the people out front are so far beyond where the people in the back of the pack are. And, and the people in the back of the pack are... So, So you're following them along on the map, and they're doing... A part of the race that was so long ago you can't quite remember where they are and what they've still got in front of them like those billy bong or whatever those 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 billy billy yes yes, yes that part became so confusing because we had seen them so early on that happened wow. like in the think it maybe was the first episode where we got to yeah. the at the end of the first episode they did those rafts and now we're in like episode four and the people at the back of the pack are were doing still doing those billy billy rafts and so yeah. so it got a, a little a, a little bit confusing but not bad I mean I I think I think it also because it was one it gives it profound relevance of how amazing the people are at the front of the race and the people at the back of the race almost become more like you and me, even though I could never do that. Certainly not now in my life, maybe at an earlier part of my life, but, but they become more like the everyday athlete, the everyday person who challenges themselves it feels more like maybe I couldn't do this, but I can see how they they're doing it. And you're hearing their struggles and the P peop- and so having the front runners in the same show, I think makes what the people in the rear are doing. Amazing. Like if you come in last person in the race, you are fucking amazing that you right. actually finished that race. And, and, and you're no less than the people who win it.
0: They say that every year during the CrossFit Games, that the, the last person at the CrossFit Games is better than anyone you know athletically, right. right? which is really, really interesting. I'm still at the phase where I think I could do it. And here's why I'll tell you that. Look at all the people in the, in the end. First of all, many of them are- I don't know
1: boards. who's at the end, so don't tell me.
0: No you do you do know you right now the people the people at oh, the end okay. it, there's really two stories right um but the people at the end tend to be slighter right they're amazing endurance athletes oh well, it's the back of the pack yeah the the part that they struggle with right is the part where like it's it's certainly a big thing to do an ultra marathon and you have to have a mental capacity,
1: right? You just using competitors. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So you just have to use, um, your mental capacity differently. Right. Um, right. but, but what you're seeing is that the people in the lead believe in the power of muscle. And that'll be the last thing where we talk about, where you talk about, you know, the role of carbohydrates, um, I want to talk a little bit about the sleep because that was the last podcast that we did. Um, and I, I, I'm just astounded. I, I just can't believe that they can sleep.
1: I know. so Three literally. hours
0: in three days. Right. Now, I knew that from from some conversations with Navy SEALs. Right. right. I, knew, I was I going to knew- say
1: it's, a, it's, it's part of the military. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Now, now, one of the things, now people say, oh, this is a wild claim from Paul. Google it, right? Look, if you have assets that you put millions of dollars into, even when these people are human beings, they're going to allow them to take whatever it takes for recovery. And that's going to include, you know, steroids, things of this nature. Oh, yeah, right? of course. I, I, you know, we, you and I know this. We've probably right. worked with enough people like that. The average person, oh, what slander, Paul is saying. No, they, these people need to recover so they can get out of war, right? right. So so they're not going to limit, you know, it's not a baseball player trying to protect the history like, of Babe Ruth not, or whatever.
1: You're not trying to have a, a, a fair playing field.
0: Yeah. <laughs> And so so I think that when you look at these people's recovery and and I don't know if there's any drug testing for this, I suspect there's not. And I and I hope there is. isn't, Right. Because uh, I I do think that there's a you can do it under a doctor's care that could help your recovery and things of this nature. I don't have a big horse in that game, so I don't want the podcast to become that. Right. but how, (laughs) how do you have three hours sleep? Like even the Navy SEALs that I would talk about, you know, they would, they would talk about how they could go 48, 72 hours, but then they would get, you know,
1: So that's a a huge area of military research worldwide is performance under stress and sleep deprivation. And, um, and so I mean, the only research that was ever, ever done on Red Bull, that was the beginning of it. It wasn't Red Bull, it was the formulation. Can we extend performance with a lack of sleep? And and so there's a ton of stimulant and caffeine use in the military because you have you're you're out in a situation that you can't just say, well, I'm just gonna lay down and go to sleep now. And so as you said. Um, the value of the assets is how long can we maintain, you know, performance out of them, and so these are warriors, and, and that is a huge area of research, and sometimes they do perform on an hour or two of sleep, and day after day, they know where the limit is, where they have to be brought in, or they have to have time to rest, but it is an area for drug research, for nutrition research, for physical movement and activity, all these different things, what are the things we can do? And so it's out of the military research that the benefit comes with these athletic events. I thought it was really interesting. The, there's a, um, what, Iron Cowboy is the, yeah. the team those are the Ironman competitors and part of the advertising for getting people to compete in this race was we kind of chew up and spit out Ironman competitors. And they admit that they're like, you know, they're barely through the first 24 hours and they're going, Oh my God, I would have been done with my race two and a half times by now.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's a different set of skills. And, and, you know, I know a number of ultra marathoners I'm, I'm, you know, there's some good documentaries on ultra marathons as well. You know, if you're into this eco challenge, go, go look for some of them because there's um, one of the best ones I've ever seen was related to desert racers. And if it says like, well, wait a second, he's recommending Maru. He's recommending this toughest race. He's recommending I'm into this. I'm into what makes people keep going when everything is telling them to stop right and 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 i just believe in my heart of hearts that limiting thoughts like how little you can eat how little you can do while eating little you know i don't believe that that's the fullest you know bit of who we can be as human beings i don't i I, i'm more interested in what we can be pursuing more right and i believe that part of the problems that we have are all these limiting beliefs right um and, and that gets that gets problematic when you have injuries and you have some things that actually do stop you you know i'm 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 struggling with that right now but i'm also working through it i mean i'm literally watching this, this, this are you frozen no uh, Okay. You just look frozen for a while there. I I kid you not when I say this to you, um, because I'm watching this going, I think I can do this. And I know I have badly arthritic knees, right? Um, I'm like, I think I could do this. This would be a challenge I would be interested in doing. Um, My wife is like, no chance, (laughs) right? When they Um, got
1: to that waterfall, that was my limit, the climb thing. That was like, yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. I can't
0: wait 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 till you get to the next episode that's all I'm telling you it, it's it's amazing um and 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 like I said how every team deals with it differently is also amazing um one thing you know I, I keep bringing up the CrossFit thing just because it was sort of my um introduction to harder things right but when I started CrossFit was what 2010-2009 something like that. Right. Literally the year before you got to the CrossFit games with a hundred dollars and a six pack of beer. Right, right? right. So, so, so when I say this to you, I'm not talking about the CrossFit games that we all see and know right now. Um, I i I've, I've talked to everyone at my gym CrossFit became a lot more mainstream in the last three to five years. Every one of us in 2009, 2010 thought we were going to the CrossFit Games. We were training for the CrossFit Games. We were not training for the CrossFit Open, right, Um, that gets people to the CrossFit Games, right? It seemed achievable for us to be at the ranch, you know. (laughs) I mean, I remember watching the 2008 thing on, on Netflix. They don't even feature Jason Kalipa at all, in the whole show until the very end where they give him and, and Greg Glassman says, you have every right to believe you're the fittest person on the planet. And Jason looks at him and goes, I've been doing this for two weeks, <laughs> right? Like he'd never done it before. So it wasn't it wasn't like he, 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 he did not feel similarly. And then the winner, I think Jason Kalipa that year, he might have got like $10,000. Right. Like, so, so the iteration that was back then is, is just different. So let's talk about the, so, so normally we like to do three of these, this one's gotten long, but, but I'm loving it so much. Cause I've been wanting to talk about it so much. Um, and, and it was great to be able to talk about it with my wife. The Alzheimer's guy it is is just next level. Right. Um, they had to sleep more. Right. And I think you've already seen that up to this point. You've already seen this. They're having to beg this dude off of this course. Right. Right. He's not stopping. You know it's
1: what his brain knows. He, his body and brain know how to do this. He was yeah. an elite. you sort of one of these adventure racers his whole life. Yeah. And he's physically fit to still do it.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's amazing to watch that the group that he would normally be with is behind him. Right. 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 And he, and he has to sleep more, otherwise cognitively he can't exist. Right. 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 And, and so, so when you look at the challenges that he's put in place and, and things of this nature, it just really goes to show our human spirit and, and it sort of reminds you of kind of this, this, um, you know, like in the movie 300, I've used this saying so many times, I've sent it in blog posts and things of this nature. And, and the, the one um, Spartan warrior is talking to the, the other person who's scared and wants to retreat. And the Spartan warrior says to him, I'm rooting for the one person That has the arrow that can give me an honorable death, right? And it sends chills just saying that and thinking that because that's what we should all aspire to be, right? We should all aspire. The man knows he's going to die, he knows his quality of life is going to go down. And what he's saying and what his son is saying is, and it just brings tears to your eyes because he's like, I want my grandkids to realize you know, who I was, and I'm scared that they won't know that. And I mean, I'm about to cry just thinking about this. They're going to know after this show. (laughs) After after this show, it's going to be clear, you know, um, who your granddad was, you know, and, and it just, it just reminds you of how shallow most of our goals are you know, that don't involve becoming better as a human being. And, and that's the, that's the message of the show, right? The message of the show is we're chasing the wrong rabbit. You know, if you're watching this show and you're motivated and you, you go on Facebook and, and you listen to David Goggins and he's getting you amped up and stuff like that, go to the gym right go right. run as far as you can and then and then tomorrow run a little bit farther right i just think that we put the end goal as as the 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 place we put these oh this is the best part of the alzheimer's guy he knows he's not going to finish like he's saying it early on now i'm not going to tell you if he finishes or not mm-hmm. right But he's saying to you, right, I do not have a defined goal. I am ready to die out here with no goal, knowing that the pursuit is that I'm probably not going to make it. We all need to embrace that. We all need to go, I don't need the end goal to be the reason why I'm doing something. Well, Do something thing, that it, you enjoy so much that right. you're willing to fail at it.
1: And, and the other thing that is, that I think they show really well, but they don't, at least so far, they haven't talked about it verbally, is that they are only planning on what they're doing now. They don't plan for where they're going to be a day from now. They're not making plans outside of the moment. And and they have to stop at these camps for 90 minutes to actually look at what the next course, part of the course is going to be and make a plan. And so they are not, their heads are not at the end of the race.
0: Don't you find that to be the way that all successful people achieve anything, right that that they they're just zero in on the now, mm-hmm. right? I mean, there's the book, you know I can't remember the author, you probably know what I'm talking about, but the book is the present, right? and, and you know the, on the cover of the book is a big present, right? Well, the present is now, mm-hmm. right? like, like <laughs> sorry, spoiler alert. If you're going to read that book, that's what it's about. It's about staying in the now and stay focused on the task that you have in front of you, right. right? And and I just believe that, you know, for all of us that struggle with with having failed at things, what I can tell you, with my work with successful people and what my experience has been having a modicum of success in my life i have failed my way to that place i have not succeeded my way to that place you know i think people get too discouraged by failure and need to embrace failure as a test you did not accomplish right and and i think that when you look at this person with the alzheimers what it tells you is, is that all he wanted to do was get to the next place. And his focus on just getting to that next place, you know, is, is what made his story so remarkable and really what was the emphasis of the show, right? right.
1: And they, so they know is... that their goal is to get to the end. I mean, they yes. know that, that yeah. they know their goal is to get to the end. They know that there are certain overarching strategies that they pretty much need to stick to um, in order for them as a team to get to the end together, which we should say they have to end together. If any one single team member goes down, the whole team is out. So, so the, Teamwork is essential and, and interpersonal support is essential, but, but what, but the experienced teams know those arching go overarching goals. They know those overarching strategies. They have internalized them over years and years of experience. And so it is the best way to put one foot in front of the other that really becomes critical. And, um, and I, I think that it is such a good lesson also as they, you know, not to forget that there were teams that make what one would assume would be fatal mistakes early on. Mm-hmm. And they go, yep, this is just part of the race. You're going to make these mistakes. We're going to turn around, go back and go and know that we're, we're still elite performers we can pass a whole bunch of people who have passed us in the last four hours because we had a wrong turn. And wasn't that the New Zealand team? Didn't they early on go on the wrong – the first day? I think you they, they took the wrong tributary? I
0: think you're thinking about one of the two U.S. teams. There was one U.S. team, the Ben Oregon team.
1: Right. They right. did a fatal flaw. I haven't seen them for quite a while. I don't know where yeah. they are.
0: Yeah, well – uh, it's such a good show. I'm just telling you, it's such yeah, a good show. Yeah, they'll show
1: up again. I know. Then there,
0: then there was the other American team, the only team that had beaten the New Zealand team. Right. Right. And they well, made so that a was fatal- the
1: team that went on the wrong river route.
0: Yeah, and they on.
1: made
0: they made um a, a major flaw, and and part of what you're about to see is is what they do, right? Um, and so so. I think that that's the other thing too, is that the reward isn't first, right? Like the, the, obviously you want to catch the people in first and you see strategies that, that people are using. Like you talked about the New Zealand team going in the middle of the night was a strategy that they used. Once again, similar to what I talked about, if you're willing to do the hard thing while everyone else is doing the easy thing, you know? the the rewards can be bigger right now it might seem like the reward at that time is rewarding the people you know like i said doing the 1995 meal plans but but those don't have lasting they they, they're just like they're just like snake oil salesmen and they'll find another snake oil to sell eventually you know, my focus is solving the actual problem. So, let's end on on that note. And this will be, you know, normally we like to do three of these. This is going to be two, just because this one got long. But such a such a good topic. Let's talk a little bit about the nutrition, because like we talked a little bit about, you know, three hours sleep in three days or whatever. Um, how can they do it? Well, I think you know one way. We talked about it a little bit in the last episode. Um, so when you are underslept, right? Um, there was somebody weird on Facebook at one point that had, a, had, a, had an issue with me saying the word underslept, you know, as if it was not, I think when you say underslept, people know what I'm talking about. Um, but you're going to require energy dense foods more often than not that you can get in as fast as possible what we know from endurance races now there's a lot of people listening to this going but yeah isn't there that one guy right who just exists off of nuts you know or whatever um what the zach guy what's it? what's his name
1: zach Oops. oh shoot sorry about that <laughs>
0: Click the little button on the top. There we go. Okay. <laughs> um, I really turned well, everything do, off. Do you know what I'm talking about? The Zach guy?
1: Zach um, Bitter. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So Zach Bitter, the part that people often forget is that he does use carbohydrates. Like during, crazy. Like crazy. It's just, it's just the majority of the time you know, he's going to fast. I need everybody to understand why these people are doing this, right? Because there was a lady that almost died trying to do kind of what Zach does with marathons and, and really, really struggled and didn't make it past, like, marathon two or whatever. Um, there is a great reward out there for a unicorn, if you're a unicorn and you can make this happen and you can write a book at it, it's something people want to believe so badly that, that they will buy your book, right? And so the first person to write that book, so this is why everybody uses Zach as an example. He's kind of a unicorn, right? It kind of works for him. He does strategically use carbohydrates, but that often gets left out. Right? Because he's the one person that they all hold up as the thing. Yet at the same time, virtually everyone knows it's not optimal for the good majority of people. Right? And so in these races, what they often use is carbohydrates like so different. Um, We have a mutual friend, Mike Nelson, and he was talking about the marathon guy that um broke the the four minutes uh what was the the pace or under two hours
1: yeah
0: yeah he, so under under two hours he had some advantages um his what, what mike was talking about was that he consumed ten thousand calories of carbohydrates in that 26 mile race right i never heard anybody say that right and and what you have to understand is that that these people are drawing on their carbohydrate reserves much worse than than the marathon guy is right yeah he's doing something really extreme he's operating us at a sprint pace that that most people can't go and the carbohydrates are allowing him to refuel over and over and over and over again right well, these eco challenge people, they need energy density, right? I've always argued, this is the funny thing, because like, it's almost like you can't have two thoughts at the same time, right? I've always argued with some level of fats as a way of, of balancing things and getting a little bit more calories in, right? Along with these really extreme values of carbohydrates right um
1: depends on where you are in the race yeah on what what part of the race you're in
0: yeah and i think i think a lot of it comes down to like what you can tolerate right exactly um and, and and um you know one person taking in a lot of carbohydrates doing a 15 minute workout might have a blood sugar response another person who's getting low on glucose levels Right That drinks you know vitargo straight for the most part. though so I, did, I did remember Alex Vieta, um once gave me a good formula, and it would be interesting to kind of test how so normally so normally, like the recommended dosage for vitargo is two scoops into like a 20-ounce cylinder, right? Um, we did I believe it was half of a scoop with electrolytes in 20 ounces so you didn't get the sloshy feeling and that always worked for me a little bit better it would be interesting to know like in the cases of these people who are drawing on their glucose reserves in a harsh harsh way whether or not they respond a lot better and i suspect they would right like,
1: so the experiences that i have with people doing adventure racing um, there's a, a couple of things. Um, their actual need all day long, they've got enough fat on board. Protein typically is going to give them upset stomachs. Um, to be, And there's no, they're not burning protein a, a small amount, but it's not going to help them with their energy needs. It's really carb that you need all day long. But there right. are, sections of the race where certainly the people at the back of the pack, not the people at the front of the pack, are not, they don't, they're going much slower. They don't have the carb burn rate that the people at the front of the pack going at a much higher intensity have. And yet it's the duration is so long that having some fat because they're going slower may not upset their stomach as much and it will give them just a calorie need. Yeah. Um so so it's highly individual. The big thing is to figure out and it becomes what is the what is your burn rate what do you need you're going to ru- you're never going to fully replace your fuel. You you you're not going to You're going to be running at a deficit and probably several thousands of calories over the duration of the race in a whole. Which by
0: by the way, we, we had kind of talked about that. That's a little bit of why these can't, people can't be 4% body fat. Right. They have to be closer to anywhere from 10 to 15 for men and women probably close 12 to 18, but go ahead. So
1: they can draw on their own reserves. Yeah. And, um, and it's at their stopping points where they really refuel, whether it's five hours or four hours where they sleep in the jungle somewhere and they consume what they've got with them, or they get to these camps and they get fed. Um, but along the way, I have worked with a number of athletes that used pure carbohydrate. They, that's, I met them because they were Vitargo users themselves. They had figured out, how to make it into a gel and and they would have their water separate but they had gel or they had, they had made it into things so that they could just continue to consume it and they didn't have to carry so you know a ton of of carb filled water and so Can
0: you really quickly explain to people your role with Futargo so I'm no, longer, I'm no
1: longer with the targo but for a number uh, for several years i was the chief science officer
0: okay. um,
1: but but i have been an advocate of the product for over 20 years um not long since it was developed in sweden and wasn't even in the us yet introduced by international athletes who used it and the the beauty of Vitargo is it doesn't upset your stomach and you can, you can keep fueling and fueling and fueling and get in the calorie need and the carb burn rate need that you, that you have for these athletes who have a high calorie and carbohydrate need without puking it up on the side of the road, which is very typical with other carbohydrate products. Um, the one quote that I have found to be the most telling, and this was an ultramarathoner, a trail runner, who was asked, well, when you're out on the trail running, don't you dream about like chocolate cake and like all this food that you don't have and what you're going to have at the end of the race? And he said, if I'm dreaming about food in the middle of my race, I am underfueling. Because the last thing I should be thinking about is food. And the first thing I need to be thinking about is my race. When I am in the middle of the race, I should have nothing else on my mind but my race. And and so it was extremely telling. And I have used that not just to think about fueling an athlete and a race, but a lot of what you do with Eat to Perform and you talk about... The constant underfueling and limiting your horizons, when you are constantly restricting and you are constantly underfueled and you are always in this very low energy mode, you can't think about anything except food. And you are limiting your horizons. As I say when I speak to young women or young people now in general, when you are dieting and restricting and you go to an event and there is a buffet and you are arguing with the brownie on the table instead of missing either the, the person eyeing you across the table who may be interested in you um, in a, as a relationship possibility, as a friendship, maybe a mentor, there are all kinds of things going on around you that you're missing because you're in the middle of an argument with a brownie on the table You are limiting your life and your opportunities and your horizons. So at one time I wanted to write a book called the limitless diet, but yeah, but but that's it. When you are living in a restricted, a restricted mindset, everything is restricted.
0: So, so you don't see this in the forums, but that's what what constantly gets brought up from people that have had eating disorders and, and things of this nature that the way that we do it where you're not just feds. this is why I make an issue of maintenance calories. A lot of people look at, well, can I be in maintenance or should I be in maintenance or, or things of this nature? Susan and I have gone over this in depth that maintenance for the most part is a moving target, right? And so, so it's really difficult to get to the ultimate place that you want to be and then just go, well, I was at 1000 calories at my lowest, I'm gonna add 1200 and that'll be my maintenance. You've already set a limiting idea into the thought process. But getting back to the race, your brain your brain relies on glucose so much that it'll make it through the process of gluconeogenesis. So a lot of people will go through that process, wouldn't the brain be served well? Well, I would say that when you combine two things, right? So you have your cortisol levels are high and and things of this nature. We know that carbohydrates counteract that, right? Um, We know that the brain requires glucose. So to me, if I'm operating on three to four hours sleep over the course of three days, it would certainly seem like the carbohydrates might actually be almost a stimulant, in that scenario oh, right or at least essential at least allow you to be to that place um and and what what do you see right you see everything that they're eating is a carb right
1: and and I will say because I mean, I think, because anything else is just a distraction for your body
0: right right and i mean like some of the granola stuff and the bars and things like that they have a little bit of fat and and um, I, not- I, I, I do think that there's a, a, still a small argument for that. But I, but, but I would suspect that what you're saying is dead on, right? That, that if you are operating on a three-day race with three hours sleep, that, that your body just needs so much energy that I guarantee you the thoughts you're having is not about kale. Right. (laughs) Right? You're not thinking about that nice, nutty kale salad you're going to have. later on. You're you're thinking about uh, beer. You know, that's, you know, that that's what we see, by the way, is that our ultra marathoners, our our 115 pound women, uh, I have so many people that I could show you that are eating 4000 calories that are 115 pounds. You go, well, they work out a lot like is that a negative is that is that a, is that a bad thing <laughs> right <laughs> like like you know is it our goal to be the 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 most human self that we could possibly be right and so that's what i think you know we could probably end on that note um but that's what i think that this show should be be telling people and and i want you to think about this also as you're listening to susan and i and then compare this to all the other you know, um, things that you follow on Instagram or something of this nature. Are they sending you a narrative about food being an ally and with more food, you can become more of who you want to be, right? I, I think there's a lot of faux, fr- faux food friendly type places. You know, I was talking to, to a competitor Someone that I think does a pretty good job, right? Um, but admittedly, talks about the fact that that they don't reverse people very much, right? They don't they don't normalize calories very much, and and they've kind of built their business on being more of kind of an oil change, right? Where you where you go there, they just have you suck it up and and kind of move on. And 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 once again, they're one of the best, right? What you see is kind of this marketing related to flexible dieting, right? Where you get to eat half of a Pop-Tart, so that makes you normal, right? And, and people have always said this to me, well, clearly, if you are, you know, trying to get people some kind of a deficit, you're picking carbohydrates. We've talked about this on the podcast. No, we're carbohydrate friendly and fat friendly. You only have to pick a side when calories are always low, right? And actually, when you look at our deficits, we kind of mix it up, right? And, and what we're trying to do, once again, kind of brings up the concept of Mike Nelson. We're really trying to focus more on the flexibility of your body being able to use different fuels at different times, right? But for the most part, you know, the thing that we're selling is the part where things go back to normal. Right? right? Well, and that you, you can't have fear to, normal. based
1: on based on Mike's work, um, it, it's not he's he's not creating a physiological abnormality, right? he is it is working with the demand of the body and so you you create the metabolic flexibility right by the training that you do each day and and then how you fuel yourself he is working with the body he is not working against it and and that's the completely that's the alternate concept Is working with the body the body is an amazing um, operation Uh, and it is not a machine it is not a machine and so he recognizes that you can work with the flexibility built in to metabolism because we are a dynamic system not a static system like a machine and so working with that we can maximize results. And yeah,
0: and, and what, that's the what, concept. So, so Mike lives near me, right? So we will have dinner every now and again. So every now and again, I will tell him um, what I'm about to say. But, but his, his wording, his theory, right, um, has been adopted by a lot of low-carb people, uh, unfairly so to Mike, right? Right. Right. Um. Because because they're not talking about metabolic flexibility. Right. They're talking about metabolic flexibility only as it relates to one source of fuel. Mm-hmm. And so so I'll meet with Mike in the next three to six months or whenever the you know we get a little bit of relief with the pandemic or or whatever. And every single time I meet with him, I have more proof to him that his theory is correct. Every single time that that having both fuels being able to rely on as as fuel sources and i can tell you that people that come to us right and then want to do it with mostly fats what i see is that those people struggle with that flexibility part
1: so i've been doing this for 35 years i mean he gave it a name um and he's done research but it's basic muscle physiology and yes and and energy metabolism he is he's explaining it in a in a public venue that and in an in a wonderful way and and showing how it works and so but but i have to say that even if you go to my original power eating book you can see the 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 ups and downs of those diet plans that was written in nineteen ninety seven and um and so it was a recognition that you fuel yourself based on the need of the body at the time and and what what your goals are and that was my language right so it was periodized we were we Tudor Bumpa had created periodized training I worked with Tudor and I, and he said, I want you to create a nutrition program to match what, what we're both trying to accomplish with strength training, strength, power, and speed. And that was the origins of the first power eating book was periodized nutrition, which the term didn't really get known until about a decade ago, max. Um, But it's what I've been doing my entire career now mike and through social media it is something that is is more well recognized and established and kind of with a real framework around it but it's what i've been doing with all my athletes from you know championship water skiers to uh nfl football players it's it's what we do we fuel the need and and yeah but that's the concept
0: but what you did, right, the genesis of that, what Mike did, and then ultimately what has become Eat to Perform um, has sort of gotten co-opted, right? So low, oh, totally. When, yes. when you look at the concept of metabolic flexibility and you start to Google it, you're just going to see this nonstop, you know, related to low carb. And I just want to say this also, I know that this will be forgotten because we're however long we are in this podcast or whatever. <laughs> um, but we're not for low fat either. Right. percent. Right. Um, yeah. And, and, and so it needs to be said that, that it's important for your body to eat adequate food. Right. And not just important for body composition purposes. Right. And and not just important for performance pur- purposes because at the end of the day, you know, um, l- longevity of life will require you to be fueled as a human being, right? And if you think being fueled as a human being is fourteen hundred calories, you've limited who you can be as a human being, right? Mm-hmm. And and that's an argument that that we've made. I do feel like because of the 1.5 million fans and things of this nature, that we've been an advocate for things in a unique way. Because, you know, if you look at some of the mainstream programs like Noom and Weight Watchers and things of this nature, the, the people that we put forward look like, you know, I mean, we try to put a really good body diversity you know of images out there the issue is is the way facebook works is it's not friendly to that Mm -hmm. right because people don't like the person that has lost 110 pounds but still looks like they might have 30 to 40 pounds to go right Right. we could have an argument about that i don't believe that they necessarily have to believe that but it's similar to what we were talking about with the eco challenge i believe that You take everything in stages, you attack that stage with ferocity, and then you allow yourself to have some food, refuel, take your 90 minutes and start racing again and go to another place, right? Um, And I think that because we have people that have gotten all the way there, I mean, we have a series that's coming out tomorrow, right? Where a woman literally did not have abs, right? and then has eight pack abs six weeks later, right? And, and, you know, I mean, nothing against these other programs. I'm sure that they could maybe serve a, surf- I, like if I could help Noom or help Weight Watchers, I could probably use those programs to sort of get people with the things that they need to go. But it, it, some of that is chasing the wrong rabbit, similar to, to low carb or low fat, right? Um, The the real issue is, is to get to an optimal state of non-fatness, right? You're going to have to move as a human being, right? And sometimes you're going to have to do some things that maybe you don't like. Well, that's just for optimal non-fatness, right? There's certainly the guy in the Eco Challenge who's able to allow to have a good body fat reserve be strong, capable as a human being that I'm absolutely certain if that dude takes off his shirt at the beach, people go, I think he works out. Right. Yeah. And we spend too much time focused on the optimal part rather than the, the, the long part, you know? And, and I thought it was interesting. We we started with the, the pregnant woman. So we'll end with the pregnant woman, right? The woman that trained and then within a year she was able to to do the race. I believe that pregnancy, this is gonna blow you away a little bit, I think. First of all, most people aren't aware that many women gain muscle during pregnancy. And sometimes a lot. We actually had a client that gained 11 pounds of muscle during her pregnancy because obviously she was well fed and she was training
1: and you've got growth hormone
0: yeah and so you have three to four kids right and you started at 120 because you're a 22 year old woman and now all of a sudden you're 30 and and you look different you've had kids and your weight's up 30 pounds what if i told you that's how it was supposed to work and I think as society, right, I'm talking men's relationship with women, I'm talking women's relationship with themselves, if we could just come to peace with pregnancy, it would make such a big difference. There's so many people chasing the pre-pregnancy weight, but if you knew that you gained potentially 11, and no, by the way, we we did eight people. None of them didn't gain muscle, right? The minimum person gained four pounds of muscle. Everyone was within a range of four to eleven, right? And and so so now let's let's just go your minimum person. She gains four and, and she has three kids, right? Common number. That's 12 additional pounds. If she started at 120 pounds, right, and now is 132 because she had 12, but, but she's say 140, 145. If she's aiming at 120, she's gonna have to destroy 12 pounds of muscle to do right. so.
1: And not only muscle. So when you're pregnant, you are in a serious anabolic state, right? A right. serious yes, yes. growth state. Women typically lose their ability to continue to increase bone mass at around 26 years old. But you can increase your bone mass while you're pregnant too. So it's a tremendous opportunity to protect yourself against the time of life when everything's gonna start to decrease, especially your bone mass. So you, if you're gaining muscle mass, you're undoubtedly gaining bone mass because you're doing resistance training, you're in this anabolic phase, you're feeding yourself enough and you're growing a baby so that the protective nature of both, of of gaining the muscle, of being stronger, uh, of, of putting yourself in a better position to maintain your independence and health and quality of life as you age is profound. And so, yes, I think that's so important. That's such a great message.
0: So we will end on that note. So the next podcast we're going to do is going to be the short version of what we just <laughs> talked about related, related to pregnancy, because it, it's, a, it's, a, it's something that I think is a very big topic. You, know, you, have, you have women that either are having babies, right, maybe breastfeeding, but some, some women that are on the, the scale that I just talked about, right? They started at 120, they ended up at 132, and they might now be at 148, not realizing that they only have 16 pounds to lose and not, you know, the other before, right? So we'll, we'll make that a topic of, of, of next week's podcast, and we can probably do that pretty short. This one was not, it was just one of those really cool topics that, that, um, frankly, it's nice to be able to talk to about one of these world topics. That's a little bit light, right. (laughs) Um, Given the pandemic and all the things that are going on around us. So I appreciate you taking the time out. We're doing this on a Saturday, which is difficult for both of us, but, but, but sure is fun to be able to see you and, uh, have a great weekend. Talk you to you
1: later. All, all righty. Bye. Bye bye.